is the Better Life, Better Work show, and I'm your host, Allison Crow. I'm an intuitive life and business coach here to help you create better life and better work. I help super successful people, you know, the recovering overachievers, put the soul back in their lives, and I help soulful people create success. On this show, topics range from the mystic to the logistic, and our content will support your being and your doing while on your path to create better life and better work. More is not better. Better is better. This is episode number 145. And today, we're chasing waterfalls. For real. Remember the TLC song? How old were you when you... uh don't go chasing waterfalls there's a reason i don't sing and i coach instead what's up people i'm taking you on a short road trip with me today it's saturday when i'm recording it sunday this will be published by my awesome podcast publisher Elise. Not only is she uh, my publisher and amazing sound mixer, like y'all, she's famous. She's famous, okay? But she also, um, she and her partner, Maria, are like the holders of my heart. And Elise especially holds my creative vibes. Like, and as a creator, creative, and I'm not talking like, oh, social media creator. I'm talking just as somebody who likes to live and work and for me to live and work soulfully, I can't, y'all know I can't be a machine. I can't be a machine. I gotta, I gotta find and follow my feel good and I gotta allow my feel bleh. And Elise is always so good about nurturing the creative aspect of me. She, she really reaffirms and trusts is, is always reminding me that I can trust my creative cycles. And I love that, right? Um, <laughs> and she doesn't make money if I don't, well, she makes money. She doesn't make money for me if I don't produce. And so even if I'm like, hey, I don't really feel like recording, she's like, trust yourself, man. And it's just awesome. So thanks, Elise. Shout out. If any of you, I don't know if Elise is taking on new clients, but if any of you need some podcast production help, uh, let me know and I'll hook you up with the big E. The big E. All right. Don't go chasing waterfalls. So I'm just going to, I actually am going on a little road trip today. I have a girlfriend that lives. So just to give you a sense, we are in the road. We are in my trusty, paid-off 2014 Ford F-150, navy blue. My favorite color, navy blue. I go through different favorite colors, but navy blue has been one of my favorite colors since I, like, the gap years of 1986, okay? Y'all remember when gap was really popular? It was, like, navy blue, maroon, and hunter green. I'm not a maroon gal. I'm not a hunter green gal, but I am a navy blue. So I am on the way to go see my friend Tiffany. Tiffany uh, used to live in Austin, but she now lives in a small town in between Austin and Waco. And she often drives all the way down here. And today I'm going up to, she's lived there for a year and I've never seen her house. 
And so we are going to go chasing waterfalls on our stand-up paddles. Which sounds really fun, but let me tell you the truth. I have a blow-up stand-up paddle. I used to have like a hardboard, but I sold it to my brother-in-law. And I got one of these soft blow-up stand-up paddles. Which is actually, I was kind of worried about it when I first got it. But they, when you blow them up right, they're as hard as a rock. But they're also very light. So... <laughs> What I'm not looking forward to, and it may lead me to buy yet another freaking gadget. I have a gadget problem, y'all. Um, is normally in my garage, my husband has a kayak, I have a stand-up paddle board. And I just keep it blown up all the time. Well, to put it in my car to go down the highway, I was not leaving it in the bed of my truck, even tied down because it's a blow-up kind and just the wrong gust of wind. Can you imagine Allison on the evening news because her stand-up paddle has caused an accident on I-35 in Texas? So I had to let some of the air out, which means part of this adventure today is going to be some heavy lifting. And what a great analogy. And I'm just going to leave you with that because here's part of what I wanted to talk about today and why I wanted to record in the car with you. I got in the car and I started to do my automatic thing. And my automatic thing is to find a podcast about work lately, about IFS, about autonomy, about personal growth. And I'm really, I don't want to say I'm working on it, but I'm really conscious of being in work mode and personal growth 24-7. Well, not, I'm never, that's really hyperbole. I, a lot, during a lot of my waking hours, I can be thinking about the things I enjoy. I enjoy personal growth. My husband asked me yesterday and he was like, I was gathering some retirement information and he, he was like, well, what's your retirement age for social security? And it said 67 and he was like, well, are you going to, and I said, if I wait until 70, like it's even more, it's an American thing. For those of you who aren't American, we pay into social security and hopefully it'll be there when I'm older because I've been paying into it since I was 15 years old. And, um, he was like, aren't you going to retire? And I was like, why on earth would I retire? And that's just such the different mentality between my husband and I, because he couldn't wait to retire. He is retired. He writes books and stuff now, but he's retired and collects a pension after teaching for 30 years. He's also nine years older than me. So, um, but I, I am fortunate to really enjoy the work that I do. And that is a blessing, but it also can be a slippery slope where I don't find myself playing, aka chasing waterfalls. And I do know that just like you, my brain needs to chill the F out. My body needs to chill the F out. My The cells in my body need time to play and to not be thinking about growing. They need mental, emotional, physical rest. So not just sleepy rest, but rest from the churn 
sure it makes it sound bad, but I love when my brain is working. And so I got in my car and I was like, oh, what? No, no podcast. Let's not listen to, there was a new podcast. I don't even know. It's not, it's a new one that I listened to. Excuse me. Let me take a sip of my on the road coffee. Anyways, there was a podcast and it was like, IFS talks. And there was a new episode and I was like, Ooh, and then I was like, no, slow your roll, Allison. You have plenty of time to listen to that. Let's play. But you, but you listening, you're like, wait a minute, but you're recording this podcast and that's for work. Ah, yeah, I guess you got me busted. But I'm not necessarily learning here. I'm connecting with you and it's, I'm, I'm just bringing you along with me on my adventure. Okay. Let's, let's tell the truth here too. <laughs> I don't know about you. My husband left town for three days this week and I'm always like, he's like, you're going to fall apart without me. And I'm like, I am not. He's like, I take real good care of you. And I, you know, I was 29 the first time I got married, owned my own house. I didn't need no man to take care of me. And I certainly don't need no man to take care of me now. But I'll tell you what, when Bill's gone, I do realize how much he does and how organized he is and how not organized I am. So it's, you know, normally we just pile everything from our garage into our car. And as I packed up my car this morning, you can tell I don't road trip very often. I don't, I don't, I'm not very good at packing. It's just a pile of stuff in the driver's seat. So, yeah, so do you, um, do you shut down work? I wrote a post about this the other day, actually last weekend. I'm really, I'm trying to get myself into a rhythm of, giving myself permission not to do work post on the weekend and to definitely watercolor and play and spend time in the water because you guys, it really is such an important part of our whole being. It's an important part of self energy, creativity, play, laughter. And I'm so conscious of of cortisol. <laughs> I'm, I'm no medical doctor, but man, most of our thoughts, even the most positive and happy of us, most of our thoughts are really constricting. And somewhere as little children, we started out wild and free and playful and curious and adventurous and some adult we love somewhere meaning well wanting to protect us started shutting us down and the constriction so we've got to give our spell ourselves space to go cut loose so what are you doing for fun lately what are you doing to shake up the routine I notice a little bit of apprehension. I'm not like scared, but it's out of my routine to drive up North I-35 to a whole new town. I used to do that kind of stuff all the time when I was in college and I am definitely a homebody now. It's out of my routine and it's certainly out of my routine if my husband's not organizing the trip for me. Oh y'all, I have so much to be grateful for. You have so much to be grateful for. 
and that's not meant to shame any of us. Like you realize our gratitude can exist at the same time as our struggles and our difficulties. And I'm in a place where I am both craving more, but not from an emptiness and appreciating what I have from a fullness. So I think it's interesting. Like I used to really, I used to really get uncomfortable with this yin yang contentment versus strive and drive. And now I'm playing with contentment and creativity. What if the more content I get, the more in flow my creativity comes? And I shared with my therapist, who probably prefers to be called a coach, but I specifically hired her because she's trained in therapy. I specifically hired because she's trained in uh, therapy. I, I wanted somebody that really could help me with some things. And I told her, we're, we're at six months of working together. And I said, I feel like I'm on the edge of something. I can feel like something is coming. All my friends that are into astrology say that it's here. I, I don't really get all that very deeply. Um, it's not my language. I don't have anything against it. It's just not my language. But something about age of Aquarius. I know that this is the month of Leo, which is my half birthday. So in six months, I'll be 50. And I have had this knowing for quite a while that my 50s are going to bring some relief from the fucking perimenopausal 40s. Nobody tells us about that. Ugh. And I'm starting to feel that relief already. I'm starting starting to feel that relief, not just mentally. In the past, I've had mental relief, but there is something changing in my body, in the tightness in my chest, in the parts of me that have been smushed down for so long. They're getting loving attention. And I just feel more genuinely open-hearted. As my little meme says, the more that I meet myself, and by mean, by meet, I mean listen to and connect with myself, the less I want to punch other people in the face. And so in the past, when I don't wanted to punch other people in the face, I would coach myself. And for those of you listening who are coaches or helpers and so like you're kind of programmed and you get off on and it serves you very well to help other people and to do self-coaching I mean I've been coaching for 15 years that's what we do oh manage your mindset self-coachy coachy coachy self-coachy my husband often says don't you have something coachy to say about that or don't you have something coachy to say to yourself and one of the first things my therapist leadership coach told me was Let's like, I want to remind you not to coach yourself through this. And it, that is the best piece of advice anybody has ever given me. And as a coach, I love to connect with my clients, but there's also, it's very different than connecting as a friend. I'm connecting with the role in a forward direction as a coach. And so I'd gotten in the habit of connecting with myself in this forward performance direction even if I do it softly. And what I am finding is that when I really connect in the same way you would with any 
other beloved. So that connection doesn't mean me telling them how to do things. It means me listening, me being curious. And one of my clients said to me the other day, but if I listen to those thoughts, then I'm filling my brain, I'm rewarding poor behavior, or I am, um, I'm rewarding poor behavior. What was the other thing she said? Oh, I'm putting this language in, um, I'm putting this language in her mouth. She did not say this, but in my old coaching company, they ran around and would say, complaining is garbage. And I think we've labeled a lot of thinking as complaining when it's really not. And that there are certain aspects, especially listening to our fearful self. Oh, instead of shoving our fear down, instead of trading up our fears. I get that it works for a while, but obviously you all know it doesn't quite work forever. And so my client was like, yeah, but then if I listen to my fears, I'm rewarding bad behavior. If I listen to my fears, I'll believe them. And I said, sweetheart, what if you listen to these parts of you and didn't believe them, but you just listened with compassion in the same way that we listen to a child who says, let's, I'm making something up. I walked to school today and there were, I had 13 ninja fights on the way to school. And as a teacher, you don't listen for the semantic truth. You listen for the essence of the message. And this is very similar. I have a couple, I have a colleague and I have a girlfriend and former client who are um, living through Alzheimer's with family members. And I have another colleague who is what I call a death doula. She actually has her PhD in death and dying. And she has shared so much over the years about being with people who have dementia and are on their deathbeds. And when people with Alzheimer's or dementia or who are dying don't recognize you and aren't, aren't quite in reality, it makes it worse to argue with them robs them of their peace and it robs you of your peace. And so if your mother has Alzheimer's and she doesn't recognize you as a child, I get that it may hurt, but it's okay to go along with their narrative. You can listen without believing the actual facts. And so listen for the heart. Don't listen for the words. Listen for the heart and emotion of what's being said. And what my clients and I have found is that when we listen to our fears, our tensions, our constrictions, and we say, they're their fear. I see you. I won't leave you. I'm here for you. What would you like me to know? And yes, a lot of times they're like, I'm terrified. And we just be with them, like really connect, really connect and listen. Something different happens. 
And so I told my deep coaching circle, this is my, uh, there's a group of six women, all super achiever business owners. A couple of them have three or four business. It's, it's my most expensive offering. And we have a year long program that we're a couple of months into. And, you know, the question I asked them the other day was, what if you took that shame or that fear or that self-criticism and put it on the holy altar of loving attention? And we're so used to, I, ha- I have a like a sacred prayer space, except for I don't pray at it. <laughs> I have an altar. I have one shelf that is by the window in my office where I have my candles. I have a picture of my family. I have a few rocks and crystals. I sometimes rotate them out depending on my intentions. Um, I have my incense that I light every single morning and it's just a place of reverence for me. And obviously everything I like is on that altar. And that's normally what we do. We put our beloveds on our altars. We, we light candles. And what if we put our suffering on the altar and just listened to it? Just connected to it. What I'm finding for myself is that the more I listen to my suffering without having to believe it, uh, the less afraid of it I am and the less the less I suffer. There's a real sweetness. Hey, speaking of sweetness. <clears throat> excuse me. Another sip of coffee, please. Texas motorcycles. Y'all, Texas is so weird. If you're not from Texas, please don't think Texas is everything you see. I mean, it's a lot of assholeness. It's not everything you see in the media, just like your state or your city or your town or your country. There's a lot of goodness. There's a lot of goodness. There's a lot of weirdos here too. Uh, let's see. What was I, I was going to share one other thing with you. I know I'm, I'm just kind of, let me see how many, oh, I'm at 10 minutes. No, it's gotta be more than that. Okay. Yeah. Meeting yourself. So this is one of the ways that I know that it's time to play that rest and play and not working and not self-improving are actually parts of the overall plan. Uh, except for it's not as, it's not as planned plan feels like a really it has hard edges and I feel like life is calling me to soft edges oh that's what I was going to say speaking of soft (laughs) Uh, hey coachy people I I don't know does the world need more ass kicking And I can't tell you in 15 years how many times someone has said, I need my ass kicked. What's that about? What's that about? Why do we need our ass kicked? 
And every single time that I introduce softness to my client, their countenance changes until their ego part, one of their one of their ego parts, one of their protectors says, Oh, if we're too soft, we will melt onto the couch and do nothing. If we play too much, we're gonna get behind. If we if we're soft, we won't do it. And maybe that's true. I don't know. Maybe it's true for different places in your life and business. Recently this week, a bunch of my clients participated in a sales challenge. I love sales. I do not like challenges. Um, one of my colleagues, great sales coach, great sales coach. And so because a lot of my clients were participating, I was going to participate too. I was like three, four days, however many days it was. I thought it was three. I think it ended up being four. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I know that she, she's a wonderful human being and she runs a totally different type of business. She also is teaching people how to do sales, which is what I did the first four years of coaching was I was a sales trainer. And in my company, the way I learned sales was very helpful. And the way I taught sales was very helpful for brand new people who don't have sales. And I was not paying attention very well. The roads have changed and I missed my turn. This should be interesting. God bless construction. Um, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, I am not, even when I was with my old company, gosh, I remember, I remember being like in conferences and they would turn on music and start dancing. And I get, I know why they do that. And as an introvert, oh my God, that oobs me out so bad. I am so not the dancey McDancer, cheer, cheer, hype, hype. I'm not a hype person. I'm not a hype person. And I'm so grateful that there are people out there, and I know many of you respond to hype. You love it. Watch this bitch do a beautiful U-turn in her big-ass truck, because she can. we got a tight little turn on this baby. <clears throat> Goodness, there, must, there really must be something in the air. Actually, I know there's something in the air. In Texas this weekend, they told people with asthma to not leave. I do not have asthma, but, um, yeah. Okay. Thanks for tracking with me. This is what happens when we're driving. we got to pay attention. Let's make sure we're getting on the road to Waco behind this little Honda. It's all good. It's all good. Now, Allison, get back on the track of what we were talking about. Oh, hype. Okay. So I love it. She is, she's hype. She's accountability. She scripts. And as somebody who has been doing business and been doing sales for a gazillion years, and it can, my, my, the place I am in my journey, it makes my bones hurt. It doesn't make her or her methods wrong, and it certainly doesn't make her or her methods wrong for my clients, especially who have never been through any kind of sales training. And I, I told one of my clients this week, I said, I feel like I didn't do a very good job. <clears throat> 
I was in comparison, of course. I said, I feel like I haven't done a very good job because I have taught share your heart, show your work, and I teach sales and have taught, I've taught a lot of sales and a lot of follow-up, but I don't teach it from a system. And I don't, I love bringing in what I call words that work. So there's scripts, but when I teach it, I let's be honest, you guys, I teach it from the place I am. And I realized I was like, that doesn't always serve my growth level clients. And for many, 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 many years, I taught new and growth level clients. And these days I'm working with mostly growth and achievement. I really don't work with anybody who's super brand new to business. And so these clients have their businesses, but their sales aren't as great as they could be. And Shamika is helping them. This woman is helping them. She's a great sales trainer and she does hype stuff. And it's fun to watch my clients who've never, never had any kind of formal boot camp. There's a boot camp energy to it, right? Like everybody's doing the same thing. Everybody's doing accountability. It's so funny because my little system just rebels. I'm sure it doesn't serve me. And that's okay. I'm, I'm serving myself. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a boot camp. <clears throat> and boot camp, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without having gone through my versions of boot camp, both as a client and as a coach. Because when I first started in real estate, that's the kind of training we got down to the T down to the T there's a system there's a model it works and I'm so thankful for the people who are able to teach that out in the world it ain't me but what I love <laughs> what I love is when my clients can come to me with that boot camp stuff and we can really you know they can they can practice as one of my art coaches taught me once I was like why do we have to learn all these rules of art can you tell I don't like to follow rules which is funny because I actually don't like to break the law. Like, right, I'm a rebel, but I'm I'm really kind of a puny rebel. I, I'm not the kind of rebel, like I've never been arrested. I've never been in jail. I've never had my hands in handcuffs. I have never said F you on Twitter. I say it behind the back. Like I'm a, I'm a safe rebel. It's, I'm really kind of a weenie rebel. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a player. I'm not, I'm not for real rebel. <laughs> I'm scared of getting in trouble. And my art teacher was like, we learn some of the basics and you learn color theory. I remember thinking like, why learn color theory? Why? This is a really good analogy to you guys. Why learn color theory? And what I know now after painting and painting and starting painting again is that when I know color theory and I know without having to think about color theory how to mix colors and make my own colors, my paintings become my own instead of a copy of what's out in the world. When I like mixing colors, even watercolors. So with watercolors, um, like I mean, with all paints, there's so many beautiful colors you can get. But really, do you know you could 
You can make almost anything with four or five colors. Now, I still like to buy all the colors, but I love mixing colors. I love making a color that hasn't really existed until I put it there. And so I do sales the same way. I know the rules so that I can modify the rules to my state of being. And I tend to prefer to sell like a gardener, not a machine. I don't think Shamika sells like a machine at all. Um, I think she's teaching the, the beginning gardener how to set up their garden in a systematic way. And I think that's brilliant. And honestly, I think I'm a really pretty big girl for realizing that there are better people out there to teach new and growth people sales than me. What I'm exquisite at is this inner work. And that's why I left the company in the first place. So. Okay. <sighs> Crossing the North San Gabriel River in Central Texas. It's a giant construction mess. Hey, y'all, guess what? Next week the pool guy comes to give me a bid on the pool. I'm pretty stoked about that. I'm a water baby. My sweet husband does not get it. I love him so much and I don't want to disappoint him, but I don't want to disappoint me. I don't want to disappoint me. And um, I have done a lot of work to live below my means and get out of debt and stay out of debt and manage my money. I'm at a really solid place with extra, extra. And I am creating the life I want to live. And some of you people want to travel all around the world. Not me. I want my vacation to be my house. And so I couldn't be more excited about um, putting a small pool in my backyard. Not one of those tiny, tiny pools. I don't want a spool. I want an actual pool. But making my home. You know, that's the other thing. Bill and I have moved four times in six years. I guess it's been seven years now. We moved a year ago, coming up on a year that we moved out to the lake. I think we are finally staying somewhere. We're staying somewhere. And that feels really grounding to me. It feels really in alignment with the next phase of what I'm creating to be really rooted to have moved and made a bunch of short-term changes for long-term gains. Short-term changes for long-term gains. Okay, so with that, I'm gonna wrap up. And it's possible that I may have more to share with you after I find the waterfalls. And we literally are going to a place. I did not know, well, I did know that Texas has waterfalls. I did not know this part of Texas had some magical waterfalls. Leave it to your friends from Australia to come to Texas and introduce you to all the neato places. That's how it always happens, right? Especially when you're a homebody. I'm a homebody. All the neat places are at my house and in my bed and in my backyard and in my studio. <laughs> You guys are amazing. Thank you for listening. Um, this will either be the end or it won't be the end. 
I know I just kind of rambled and I appreciate you rambling along with me and being playful for these little updates in life. And I trust that I plant seeds in your sweet heart and your sweet mind that help you to love yourself more, that help you in your quest and desire and your joy of growing. Oh, that's a good one. Like, I love the joy of growth. I don't like striving to be better. Like, we're already perfect. But the joy of growth, I enjoy growth. I enjoy growth. You enjoy growth. That's why you listen to this podcast. All right. Peace out, team. I love you. Oh, and um, I have a feeling I probably will record a little bit more on the way home because my knowing tells me that there's going to be some magic that I'm going to want to tell y'all about and you're going to want to hear about. So in the meantime, I want to let you know, I have three more spots for an expressive arts painting retreat that I would love if it is on your heart to come to. It is a fully inclusive retreat. So yes, I know it's expensive. I sell expensive things. Um, it's $2,000. There is a payment plan. That thing is go, the payment plan is going away here at the end of July. Um, but it includes the place where you stay. It includes all your meals. It includes all your art supplies. It includes, um, some prezzies. It includes your facilitation fee. It includes a lot. So, um, I wanted to, there's going to be a total of 12, including me and my um, art assistant, who is also certified in expressive arts. We're super excited about bringing this to you. And we have three more spots. Um, that is at the end of September. And then right now the doors are open to soulful success. And so if you are a growth or achievement phase business owner and want a soft place to land in the middle of your kick-ass world, right? In the middle of your sales and drive, if you want a safe respite to be a badass business owner, but who also can use a little bit of soft, deep inner work coaching, Solis is the place to be. If you have been in Solis before, it's totally different. It's different because I'm different. I'm not the same woman I was four years ago. Yes, we have three years of archives of classes, but I don't really teach a whole lot of classes. I probably will teach a few, but there'll be inner work classes this fall. And so I'm not really your how-to coach anymore, you guys. Of course, I love to talk about it, but it's not my main mission. My main mission is help you to meet and fall in love with yourself through deep inner work in the context of running your business. How many life coaches do you know that actually know as much about business sales, marketing, money, profit first, um, all that other stuff that I do? Well, I do. I'm your gal. So come to coachwithallison.com. Join Solis. Give it a try. Give it a try. It's There is no long-term thing. Or if you want to become my private client and throw down the massive cash for some intimate private work, we can do that too. I'm open. I got a spot. Not a lot because I'm not working a whole lot more than I work, but I got a spot. All right, peace out, y'all. I'm going to go find my friend. I'm going to go find these waterfalls, and I'm going to tell you all about it on the way home. 
Alrighty, here we go. It is the post chasing waterfalls update. I am actually, I am at a railroad crossing waiting for a railroad in some small, tiny Texas town that has one of those old fashioned main streets. It's not a county street or county seat. But yeah, okay. It's really kind of fun to explore different places. <laughs> so the song says, the TLC song says, don't go chasing waterfalls. Well, we went to chase a waterfall. And I'll tell you what, I'm all for chasing waterfalls, but make sure it ain't fucking windy out there. So yeah, my girlfriend and I went paddleboarding. Um, she offered up a couple of options. She said it was windy. I know what it's like when we're paddleboarding when it's windy, but I just wanted to see the waterfall. So we went to the lake with the waterfall and it was very, very windy, especially on the way to the waterfall. And honestly, you guys, I hate to disappoint you, but I did not make it to the waterfall. I didn't, I didn't make it. It was a very large lake to cross to get to the waterfall. And after paddling two hours in one direction, an hour, maybe an hour and a half in one direction, hour and a half in one direction, my body said, if you keep going, you're gonna be in traction for a week. So I've already pushed my body to the edge today, which is great. But ain't no Instagram, ain't no, here's the thing, ain't no success to me worth breaking my body. It's just, I'm just not into it. Um, we got close enough to take a picture or two. We can look up a picture online. I know y'all, there are just some people out there that will, will die hard and I will not. If you've ever, um, there's a few people who know, my clients know, and some of my colleagues know that I like to play this, not play, but I like to ask the question, what would you do if there was a zombie apocalypse? You know, like they have the zombie shows. What are you gonna do? And it's funny to hear and see people's, like my husband has decided he's gonna hoard toilet paper. Um, I have just decided I'm gonna hang low until things get really bad. And if things get really bad, I am making a pizza and getting a bottle of wine. And I am going to load up in my car in the garage and fall asleep. Sayonara. Um, no, sorry, person, it's my turn. And because I don't wanna fight, I don't wanna fight the zombies. I know Enneagram 7 doesn't like discomfort. Um, I did all that stuff. I fought the zombies. I jumped off the I jumped off the bridges and I did all the risk-taking things and I bungee jumped and I did all those things when I was in college. I flew around the world in really uncomfortable coach seats. I like a life of comfort now. And I know they say, what got you here won't get you there. Well, I pick and choose my discomfort. So friends, you know what though? I had a perfectly enjoyable time without making it to the waterfall. I enjoyed being on the water. I enjoyed using my body. I enjoyed visiting with my girlfriend. That's the best, just being on the lake with a friend. And so that was fantastic. 
There was one other thing I was going to tell you. Oh, I'm going to tell you this last little, this is just interesting. I know this isn't like get out your pen and paper and write down all these wise things that are being taught in the Allison Crow Better Life, Better Work show. It's just a weekend vibes podcast. I don't know. I just wanted to do weekend vibes. So I do have this habit now that we have the Googles on our cell phone devices. I do this with movies. I do this when we go through towns. I do this in my own town. I love to look things up and look at the history of things. And so I had no idea when I came to my friends, I've heard of Belton. I know of Belton and Colleen in in Texas. But as I was driving out here, and actually on the way home, I'm about to go up this hill, like there's the flat part of the land. Listen, I will tell you, if you're ever traveling, get off the main highway. Because you go through the main highway in Texas and it's just flat and ugly, right? You go six miles off the main highway and shazam, it's just gorgeous hill country. And we all know I love the hill country. I was conceived in the hill country, I'm pretty sure. live in the hill country now. So um, I didn't know, I knew there was Lake Belton, but I didn't know there were so many lakes up here. And apparently there's a whole series of lakes. There is a military base up here. And these lakes are run by a Fort Worth Army Corps of Engineers. These, all the people that belong to the military base and ex-military who live out here have access to these beautiful resources. So we went to this lake called Lake Belton. It's a man-made lake. So it's a river that's been dammed up, which most of our lakes in Texas are this way. And I, I seek, we're used to seeing cliffs all the time. Like that's just because we have this hill country and they fill up these lakes. There are various areas where there are giant limestone cliffs up against the lake. And so we're going to this lake. And when I saw the pictures of my girlfriend at the waterfall, I was like, this looks like a river. Like you went, we went down some river and came across Well, no, there is a waterfall on this giant lake belt. And the two just don't fit in my mind together because usually at the top of a cliff in this Texas hill country, which I'm accustomed to, there is no waterfall. So when we're done, I'm like, I want to look up and find out a little bit more about Lake Belton. I want to find out, is it man-made? Like I think it is. What's the history of it? I don't know. I'm weird. I think those things are interesting. And I definitely want to see what's up with this waterfall. And so without digging too deep, because I'm in the car and I don't like to look at my phone, even writing, because it makes me car sick. But I did find this archived news story that, first of all, the lake was built in the 1950s. And in the 1960s, these two kid boys were chasing some goats, because apparently that's what country kids do here in Texas. I've heard the rumors. Um... Anyways, these two kids are see these goats and they want to get up to where these goats are and these goats are at the top of this cliff. And somehow they get to the top of the cliff. I didn't quite read all those details. There was a lot of details. It was kind of like a cooking block. Could you please just get to the damn recipe instead of um, 
instead of telling me all these details. Y'all probably say that about me all the time. Come on, Allison, get to the damn recipe. So long story short, these two boys, there's at the top of this cliff, there's this water reservoir. There's a, they have a water tank and a water reservoir. We have a lot of like stock ponds here. And so you stock them with fish or sometimes you just use them to hold water. And so apparently at the top of this waterfall, and there was a discharge pipe in the 60s. And the discharge pipe would trickle over the cliff. Well, they got the wild hair up their little idea, uh, up their little wild kid running free in the summer. And they ran home and got shovels and a pickaxe. And they, without asking any permission, dug a ditch where this pipe was so that the water would flow faster over the waterfall, over to make a waterfall. So they dug this ditch, and I guess this guy is a lot older now. I, this was an archived newspaper, and so he, he was, and I don't know what year it was, but he was 57, still lived in the Belton area, and he's like, it's the only thing I've ever gotten away with in my life. And so it's this man-made, kid-made waterfall that now you can tell, even though I didn't get there, you can tell a lot of people hang out below it and a lot of people park their boats and whatever. But it was kind of cool. Interesting little stories. Little stories. My husband would call this premium content. Premium content. Yeah, so that's my story, y'all. And I will say, what do I want to leave you with? I don't know. Whatever you get. Um, but I do, I do want you to play... I want you to go screw around a little bit, not be so serious, and I really work to not make the failed trip to the waterfall of metaphor. Like, just turn off that always personal growth brain and dilly-dally. Chase a waterfall. Get there or you don't. You're amazing either way. I hope you have an awesome week. I'll see you next weekend. Thanks for listening. Totally appreciate you thinking about somebody who might really love this episode and you sharing it with them. Also, I always appreciate your reviews. It's like podcast currency. It's like a tip in the jar saying thanks. And finally, if you want to share on social media, a screenshot or any insights you get from listening to this episode, I will totally respond. You can share with the hashtag better life, better work show. This show is sponsored by my three rescued dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption when you get your next pet. More is not better. Better is better.